my friends? Welcome back to episode 18 of the East West Grind podcast. Mine and yours. And since, uh, since the inception of this East West Grind podcast, we committed to being about the people, the grinders, the working stiffs. That is my people. I get them. They get me. That is how you rise. Look up Eddie Van Halen. Not his music. That's going to be iconic for generations, for centuries. That's in the books. Look up his humanitarian side. Look up who he was as a person. To those other garage bands from where he came from. He helped people rise. That's the guy I follow. Rest in peace, sir. Shout out to my mentor, Coffee Black. But uh, I'm going to need some half and half, little sugar in the raw for mine. Okay, my man? Welcome one. Welcome all. Today, guys, we're going to... Uh, we're going to get into some uh, food for thought. We'll get into, of course, talk show hosts. I got some, I got some emails. It's kind of racy. This one, this particular one. The email we got is very controversial. I've been hanging on to it. For a while and I thought today's show would be perfect to deal with this shit and get it over with we guys we also got some uh, we got some gossip and an asshole from my job the other day to close out the show so let's finish this oldie but goodie and we'll jump in and get her done Shout out to my cousin James, like a fucking champ, Jimmy. See you soon, little brother. I love you. Strawberry, hobo dick. I just love this song. What is he wearing though? Is he gay? I don't know. If if you are, what's up, boo? How's it going? This is Cameo. He can say whatever the fuck he wants. Enjoy. everybody tastes like candy we all know i'm not a singer but uh what's up everybody how's everybody doing we're all good here covid vaccines are making their way around california hella fast and as an essential worker i was able to schedule my first vaccination for this thursday you know for the vaccine out here at the the moscone center in san francisco i'm super ready for this. I'll let you know how it goes, if there's, you know, any side effects, but I'm so looking forward to this. I don't think there's going to be any, I mean, I'll let you know if I get that third boob or whatever, you know, but I'm pretty healthy, fairly young, not old, not young. I'm kicking, kicking pretty good too, I might add. 
Dinaz Johnson and I hit up Mission Peak this past Sunday. It's not, you know, the jungles of Oregon, Mission Peak, but it's quite the fucking jaunt. Google Mission Peak, Fremont, California. Pretty big deal. My calves hurt, but I'm going to keep moving. You know, I keep moving. That's all I can say. I said this last week and I'll keep saying it. Be Melba. I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, if you don't leave me alone, you're going to have to send me home. Yeah, that's that's Melba. Cute, but Henri is shit. Anyway, in terms of how I think I'm going to respond to the vaccine, I think we're good. I mean, I'm ready, so I'll, I'll let you know. And the CDC just came out today with some new guidelines for folks who have been vaccinated. You can be around other vaccinated folks without a mask, but if you've been around vaccinated people or others who have not been vaccinated in the room, I mean, it's just, just fuck that shit. I'm going to mask up till this shit is under control, like through the country. I'm going to do what I need to do, man. My bubble's tight. It's always been tight. And that's how I like it. You know, I'll ease up when I think it's, when I think it's safe. I was trained, you know, from the restaurant industry, from the service. I was trained to prevent the spread of viruses and bacterias all my working life. So my guard is up, fool. Keep yours up too, please. All right, let's dig into some some food for thought. All right, so food for thought. I got KQED in the hopper, possibly, full-time. I don't know. What do you think? Do I stabilize or do I keep pushing? I mean, we're already at the national and global levels here at The Grind. Taiwan now, what the fuck? Ni hao, Taiwan. Japan, what the fucking fuck? We got those guys now. Ohio Gadayamas, Japan, welcome. So we're there. Do we go local or do we keep poking the national and global bears? It's like gambling with that dopamine release, waiting for that jackpot you know is coming. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it don't. Sometimes you get the jackpot under the jackpot. Or maybe you only bet two quarters instead of three. Indeed, it is a crapshoot. I'll let you guys know. But uh, we'll see how things unfold. I don't know, though. So I'm interested in your thoughts. Let me know. Send me that email. Info at eastwestgrind.com Let me know your thoughts. Do I keep pushing? Settle in? Let me know. Okay, that was that was that. Here we go. All right. Today, I'd like to give a shout out to my man, Chris Cuomo, for taking my advice and my content and using the idea on his nationally syndicated fucking globally syndicated show to bring attention to how poverty in America has not changed much since the 70s and for the black community or any other poverty-stricken community for that matter. But here's a clip from the end of Chris Cuomo's show on March 5th and it bled over into the Don Lemon show for about 10 minutes. The discussion, the analogy, this good time segment. Here's a small clip. Just looking out of the window, watching the wait. asphalt grow, <laughs> thinking how it all looks handy. How do you know the words to good times? You know I'm black on the inside. So good times, good times. you need a baby. So times. Florida, who, by the way, was a hugely educated, I think she was a Yale. Now, here's a clip from our show, which we released we released this one on, uh, let's see what, the, that's February 24th. This is from the February 24th episode of the East West Grind podcast. To Bill and other dudes point, the Washington Post. This is not opinion. These are 
reported violations, which means neglect. But, quote, the Department of Housing and Urban Urban Development for years neglected to enforce its own environmental regulations, resulting in lead poisoning in at least one public housing development. This is what Bill is trying to say. This reporting is in Chicago. That is where the projects are. Statistically, that is where a large part of the lower-income African-American communities are and where the Hispanic communities are. Remember, remember for one second, this show. From Television City in Hollywood. Remember that show? That was happening back then, and it is still happening today down there in Chicago. James and Florida struggle? That was us in February. This Chris Cuomo, Don Lemon bromance, which I actually love, by the way. These two have a great respect as humans and as colleagues for each other. They're comfortable. You know what I mean? You can see it. It's authenticity. But their thing was on March 5th, some two weeks after we said it here. And as I said, gentlemen, thank you for using my work. But next time, throw me a bone to your listeners. I speak highly of you two fools, respectfully, to my listeners. And guess what? Most of my listeners that I engage, they've never heard of you two. But if I give you guys, Don and Chris. But if I give you guys the thumbs up to my friends and my new listeners, old listeners, whatever, I know that they trust me enough with political shit to at least hear you out or hear my analysis of you two and your shows. That's potential new listeners for you. The least you two gentlemen can do is reciprocate. Typical men. Get what you want, and then you roll over and go to sleep. Come on, man. You guys get me. And thank you. Thank you for getting me, and thank you for putting my shit at the national level. All right, now that I got that off my chest, I've received a hella DMs and emails about how Joe Biden hasn't held a briefing in his 40 days in office. And I talked to my friend, Mr. Lady, about this too. This is a man I have immense respect for. But I talked to Mr. Lady about this. And listen, guys, Biden's busy. He's cleaning up the mess for the working stiff and the poor left by the last administration. And I don't care if people want to believe it or not. Say you don't believe it through the mask you're all wearing as a result of failed reactive leadership. But in terms of Biden's press conferences, dude has reinstated the daily press briefings And Jen Psaki is out there Monday through Friday telling everyone what's going on with COVID and the state of our nation's health as a society. She's on all the fucking weekend shows. She's working seven days a week. So don't fucking come at me with why hasn't Biden had a press briefing in 40 days. That's bullshit. Dude is working. He's in meetings and shit. Listen to Psaki. She's telling you. 
but we all fucking live here together. So we got to make national moves. Jen Psaki is reporting what we're doing as a nation. She's not up there arguing or, you know, well, you keep that shit in your state, California or New York, you keep that shit over there and then going on about her day. That just ain't realistic. That's what Sean Spicer was doing, Kaylee McEnany, Sarah Sanders. It's not realistic. Shit spreads, obviously. It came from China. Yes. How that all happened is still not 100% determined, but I'm not even going to go there because, you know, some people say it was created in a lab. Others say eating bats. I don't know. But Jen Psaki is giving people what's up and what we're doing as a nation. Quick side note, and I got to get into this. I've been saying this, this shit came out since it happened last year, but I've been asking the question, why are healthy people dying? Doctors, athletes, squares, older people make up the vast majority of those dying. We already know that. Why? Because their organs are weakened due to the aging process, the aging process which is a gift, by the way. Aging is a gift. Would you all agree? I mean, the alternative to aging is what? Exactly. And I don't know about you guys, but I've buried a 10-year-old nephew, cousins in their 20s. That shit gives you perspective in life. And wait till you have to bury your mother. That shit is real. That'll wake your ass up quick. Anyways, The older folks' immune systems are weak. They may not have, you know, any underlying conditions, but, you know, just their age. And that's enough. But, you know, what group I don't see dying from COVID, or at least nobody's reporting on it, where's all the dead drug addicts? And I'm not picking on drug addicts. But if this shit was created in a lab... We've heard a lot recently about the fact that maybe the virus did start in the lab. Let's talk about that. The fact that there is this lab, I think it's the only one in the world quite like it, in Wuhan, where it started. It would almost be a conspiracy theory to think it didn't start in the lab. You would <laughs> Right? And, and, and that theory was demonized at first, that, oh, it can't, that, come on, that's conspiracy thinking, that it would started in the lab. But it, it certainly is a 50-50, would you say that? Oh, uh, it's far more likely than that. As a matter of fact, right. I said, I think in June, that the chances that it came from the lab looked to me to be about 90%. Okay. Um, so this was never a conspiracy theory. In fact, that term is simply used to make it go away. It's a, a, an obvious hy- hypothesis that is in need of testing, and we are only now, a year in, getting to the point where we can discuss it out loud without being stigmatized. But if it was created in a lab... Who was the target? Who? Who was the target if it was created in a lab? There's, got to, there's a target audience for everything. George Floyd tested positive the day of his death for COVID-19. And this has nothing to do with the crimes committed against him. I'm in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I hope Officer Derek Chauvin gets a very long time, if not a life sentence for, you know, murdering a man live streaming. That shit's crazy. But to my point, Mr. Floyd tested positive for COVID and methamphetamine. Methamphetamine is made with some serious like battery acid chemicals type of shit. So he was running around with chemicals in meth on the possible chemicals of COVID, because this guy on Bill says 90% it was made in a lab. Lab products are chemicals, mostly. But George Floyd was running around with no symptoms of the illness, running around just asymptomatic. Why wasn't Mr. Floyd sick? I don't know. My question has been this whole time is where are all the dead drug addicts from COVID? I'm just asking. And this is not a one-off. To all my listeners all over the world, has anybody in your area reported on a drug addict of any kind, any chemicals, 
Any chemical addiction is a chemical addiction. We hear we're weaning off processed foods and, you know, we're into the, you know, all organic. Today was the first day because we make, we make veggie scrambles every morning. But today was the first day I tasted the, the bell peppers had like this earthy flavor, the zucchinis. It, it fucking tasted fresh. Anyways, processed foods, of course, have addictive uh, additives. Boom. Addiction to fast food and processed foods. Cigarettes too. Cigarettes have some crazy shit in them, right? They've got those little warning stickers on them or whatever. They're addictive too, right? I've been off the menthol cigarettes for about five months. That shit was rough. Addiction. But does anyone know of any, any addicts who have died from COVID? I'm curious. I just don't see it. And I feel like the immune system of a meth addict or a heroin addict or a crack addict, their immune system may be like, please, if they get the virus, you know what I mean? That's the George Floyds of the world in regards to having COVID, but showing no signs. For them, I mean, the addicts, it is the flu. Because like I said, where the fuck are they all? If this shit is a chemical, addicts have a high tolerance for chemicals. So their bodies, might, like I said, they just be like, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever. They, might, they may not even know they have it. They may not even feel it. I don't know. I am just asking the questions. I feel like the immune system of the meth addict, the heroin addict, the crack addict, any one of them. But maybe their immune system, if they catch the virus, is like, eh, hold my beer, equals the George Floyds of the world in regards to having COVID, but showing no signs. To the addicts, it is the flu. For them, maybe. Because like I said, where the fuck are they all? The dead drug addicts, where are they? And if this shit is a chemical, addicts have a high tolerance for chemicals. Their bodies really just may be like, whatever. They may not even feel it. I don't know. I'm just asking the question. But I'll tell you what. If this shit was created in a lab, I don't know. Some shit just doesn't make sense. But if it was, the drug addicts seem to have not been the target. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into some gossip. Prince Harry and Duchess of Sussex. Sussex. Meghan Merkel, Markle, Meghan Markle. Fuck, though. That interview with our treasured Oprah Winfrey came out last night. And, A, I adored Princess Diana. Everybody did. I remember the shit Prince Charles put her through while they were married. Prince Charles, he just couldn't quit that Camila Parker Bowles. And those two, they eventually married. But I remember the day that Princess Diana and Dori Al-Fayed were killed in that tunnel running from the media. I was devastated. The world was devastated. My kids were just about, I don't know, seven, eight years younger than her kids. She actually died on my son's birthday. But these motherfuckers, these fucking tabloids, these paparazzis, they watched her like a fucking hawk. Chased her, they fucking stalked her, fucking click, 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 click. The tabloids drove her to her death. She never got peace as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. As a parent, could I ask you to respect my children's space? Princess Diana was so depressed because she could not be free. She was expected to give up her whole life by marrying into the royal family 
and was expected to stay locked in those castles like Rapunzel. She was like a caged animal, so much so that she attempted suicide several times. When she finally found real love, a symbiotic love in Dori Al-Fayed, the fucking tabloids, the rag mags, the National Enquirer or the Globe of the UK, but the tabloids were so desperate for pics to sell of her and her man that they chased Princess Diana and Dodi Al-Fayed into the tunnel where her driver lost control, killing both of them. And what did these pieces of shit do at the wreckage in the tunnel? I remember. While both, you know, Princess Diana and Dodi Al-Fayed laid dead or dying, what'd they do? Fucking click, 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 click. Oh, okay. Now, now, we got the pictures we need. Let's call the ambulance. And now... The royal tabloids are up Princess uh, Meghan's ass like they were Diana's? Nope. That ain't gonna happen. Meghan is not having it. She's from fucking L.A., man. She don't fuck around. She's like, um, Harry, you're either with me and Archie or, um, you know, bye, Felicia. Because this shit right here going on with your family and the royals and the tabloids... This shit was what drove your mother into the ground at an early age. Going back home? We stay in here. Or you stay in here. That's how I feel like she took off on him. But welcome home, girl. Welcome fucking home. Megan revealed to Oprah that she had suicidal thoughts. And while the royal family may have Arthur balked Prince Harry... Chris has a good time with you, Arthur. Millionaire drunk playboy. Mm-hmm. You're the weakest man I have ever known. I despise your weakness. Arthur, I'm afraid we have to talk. I'm not going to marry her. I've told you that a thousand times. Fine. If that's your decision, Arthur, the family has no choice. I'm sorry, Arthur, very sorry. But as of this moment, you are cut off. You mean cut off from you and grandmother and the family? So you mean cut off from the... The, um... You don't, you don't mean cut off from the... The money, Arthur. Your grandmother and I have had all the papers drawn up. We want this marriage, Arthur. I want it. Bert Johnson wants it. Bert Johnson? He's a criminal. We all are, Arthur. And as you know, we usually get what we want. Yep, Dudley Moore. Legendary. But Prince Harry, like Arthur Bach, has been cut off. That's what they told Oprah. And I say, fuck yes, Harry. Good decision. I'm sure his mother is proud of him for taking his family out of the controlled environment that drove her to some dark places. Kudos to young Harry. Another thing that was pretty disturbing, but another thing Princess Meghan told Oprah was this. The young family sharing a video from a Californian beach. But Meghan says before she had baby Archie, there were conversations about his status in the royal family and about his race. In those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time, so we have in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security, he's not going to be given a title, and also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And you're not going to tell me who had the conversation? I think that would be very damaging to them. This is some fucked up shit. I mean, they didn't reveal on Oprah who led the skin color concern conversation. What they did say was it wasn't the queen. So by process of elimination... My money is on the Gumar who had that conversation with Harry. No disrespect. But Prince Charles's wife, Camilla Parker Bowles, 
She was having an affair with Prince Charles throughout his marriage to Princess Diana. She's shady as fuck. Again, no disrespect. And side note, Camila, white as snow bowels, bowls, bowels, whatever, is and was the mistress of Charles for decades. And the royals welcomed her in with open arms as Charles' wife, I believe. And now, out of the cuts, comes half-black Meghan Markle, who has displayed no such shady behavior in her young life, is a loving wife and a loving mother, stunningly beautiful inside and out, much like Princess Diana. And she had no choice but to flee the UK, England, like the founding fathers of this country did. What the fuck, over? Why? But back to who done it. Who raised the concerns of Archie's skin color? I can't imagine, after all William and Harry have been through together as brothers and losing their mother the way they did, I can't imagine William would disrespect his brother or his brother's wife with such a racist concern or conversation. And they've already said it wasn't, you know, her majesty that said it. The queen, the grandma, it wasn't her. The dad, Prince Charles and the stepmom. I don't know. Those two. But those two treated those boys' mother like shit when she was alive. And the boys know it. I'm sure they hold resentments. Can I see Prince Charles getting behind this What color skin will my grandson have? Can I see him jumping on that train? I can see it. Maybe a lot can. Maybe a lot of people can see it. I don't know. But someone is a racist motherfucker in that royalness, respectfully. Was it Kate Middleton? I don't know. She don't look like, she don't have the face, you know, to do something like, she's just, she just looks good. She's just beautiful. She's always well kept. She's always very uh, in, in our way, it would be very presidential. Was it the mistress turn wife? I don't know. I don't fucking know. The world may never know. But welcome home again, Princess Meghan, Prince Harry. Welcome to our country, my man. May you all have a happy and healthy, peaceful life here in America, raising your family. Everyone deserves peace. No matter what your roots, everyone deserves peace. And just as a, another little side note, as I said a few minutes ago, approximately 400 years ago, our founding fathers, the business leaders of the UK, England, other spots from all over, but they said, fuck this noise. We don't want to live under a monarch or a king or a queen. So they jumped on some boats gathered up all the criminals and addicts as their henchmen and headed here to take over this land. Sound familiar? Hint, hint, hint. January 6th. I don't know, just something, uh, just something to think about. But all right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump into this email that I've been holding on to. I don't know. All right, so I've been holding on to this email since the first few weeks of our show. I wasn't sure how to address it, but the urge to want to address it came to me like right now, like a few minutes ago. Maybe it'll make better sense after the asshole segment. I don't know. To me, to you, I don't know. This email comes from Mickey in Salida, California, right up the street, hop, skip, and a jump from us right down here in the Bay. But Mickey writes, you Obama-loving globalist, Obama wanted to turn our country to be run under Sharia law. Obama wanted to turn our country to be run under Sharia law. I'm just trying to really understand this. You know, I've read it a hundred times, but I'm getting it out there to you. I want you to understand it too. He goes on to say they don't respect their women. I'm assuming he means under Sharia law. I don't know much about that. Uh, He says, make 
Make them walk behind, cover their faces. Why do you think this mask thing, oh, what do you think this mask thing is all about? Obama is evil. (sighs) Hello, Mr. Mickey. Mick, can I call you Mick? And I'm sorry it's taken me so long to get back to you. But first, you claim that Obama was a Muslim. Sir, that is, that is just not true. And let me play a clip of our country's beloved Republican senator and former POW, John McCain, responding to that same accusation in a town hall. And this is when they were, you know, running for president against each other. I think it was 2007, this little clip is from. Obama and McCain were running against each other for president. Remember that, okay? See you in a minute. We're scared. Um, we're scared of an Obama presidency, and I'll, I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'm concerned about, um, you know, someone that, you know, cohorts with uh, domestic terrorists such as heirs. I have to tell you, he is a decent person and a person that you do not have to be scared as president of the United States. Now, I, I just, now I just, now, now look, I, I, I got to ask you a question. I do not. Uh, believe in, I can't trust Obama. I, I, I have read about him, and he's not, he's not, he's a, um, he's an Arab. He is not. No, ma'am. No, 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 ma'am. No, ma'am. He's a, he's a, he's a decent family man, citizen that I just happen to have disagreements with on, on fundamental issues, and that's what this campaign is all about. He's not. Thank you. Thank you. So this was the leader of your party, sir, when these crazy accusations, conspiracies were started that Obama was a Muslim or Arab. That's just a lie. Nobody in America wants to live under Sharia law. Nobody wants to live under communism or socialism, under dictatorship. Nobody wants that shit on the left. I don't I mean, the right. I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. But I'm telling you, as a Democrat, someone on the left, that is not what we want. People, people strive to get to this country because of our freedoms. Some of us take this country for granted. But listen, Mr. Mick, people leave, like we just said, people leave countries all the time where women are not treated as equals, where they are treated less than. And they seek asylum here to be free. But bad habits are hard to break. Would you agree? I mean, everybody knows that. Like I said, I'm five months without smoking. That was hard. That's a habit. Now I got a little story for you of an experience that I had. And let me just preface this with we have domestic violence laws in this country. You hit a woman and boom, 911, dude is in jail in anger management with a quickness. Could be a man, could be a woman. I don't care. Domestic violence laws apply to everybody. And some people from other countries who are new, you know, to this country may not know that those domestic violence laws exist to protect women and men, like I said. But again, the vast majority of domestic violence perpetrators are men. That is fact. Anyways, uh, as, I, uh, as I'm still in my preface piece of the story, if folks come to this country on a work visa or they've gotten citizenship, whatever form they've taken or took to be here in this country, but if someone's come from another country where a spouse may have the rights to hit his wife or to jam her up in public like he owns her, whatever country that may be. And I know that those countries exist. We all know that they exist. If you've come from that country, just because you wake up in another country, which could be here, the United States, doesn't mean your behaviors and systemic norms change overnight. Changing behaviors is a process. Here's how I'm going to roll this into my story. 
This was um, 2019, probably late 2019. I had to go to the bank. I park at the bank, about to go in. There's this family, a man, woman, and a baby, maybe six month old, not American. They were speaking another language. I don't want to say what ethnicity I believe this little family was. Don't send those fucking emails. Oh, you're racist. I ain't racist. So anyway, I get out of my car. The baby's screaming. The wife's crying. The husband is yelling and shaking his wife by her arm while she's holding the kid. So he gets louder. I stop. I look around like, uh, am I the only person fucking seeing this shit? And I notice a dude getting on his Harley. We make eye contact. He takes off his helmet, gets off his bike, and is waiting for me to, like, make a move. So I see, dude, and I'm thinking, okay, cool. If uh, if this dumbass goes sideways on me, the Harley guy is going to come down and, you know, like a ton of bricks on his ass. He's just You can just tell he's waiting. He's letting me handle it. I appreciate that, too. So by now... I got the balls I need. I know that the the guy on the Harley's watching my back. So I say, okay. I just was like really loud. I was like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? You want me to call the cops? The guy's like, just shut up and go away. I say, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You know what domestic violence is? Do you know what that term means? And I'm walking towards the guy, right? I'm walking towards him. He's backing up a little. He lets loose of his wife. She takes off with the kid. And I'm walking him back into the parking lot. I'm walking him. And I'm I'm just saying, hey, that's not okay behavior, sir. People go to jail for manhandling other people, especially women and women holding infants. And in this country, you go to fucking jail, bro. And I said, I'm going to call the cops and have you arrested, right? So dude looks kind of weirded out and he just, he takes off. He just takes off running. So I was like, okay. The Harley dude looks at me, throws a wink at me and he starts his bike and, you know, takes off. That was kind of sexy, by the way, but whatever. (laughs) Just kidding. Anyways, so I get in my car and I'm leaving the bank, the parking lot. I'm leaving. Well, guess what? My friend, the wife beater is standing at the bus stop. And we make eye contact. I smile at him and he flips me off. But he covers his middle finger with one hand so nobody can see it, right? Like, you know, he's kind of like this and his middle finger is covered. Flipping someone off is so bad. But fucking, you know, manhandling your wife in public was no big deal. See, it's a, it's a cultural difference. Cultural differences. Maybe there should be some sort of cultural training that immigrants and new citizens go through to help them get acclimated to our our cultural values of America. Because I guarantee dude looked shocked when I told him that that behavior, that that behavior he was displaying in public was no bueno here in America. So dude flips me off while he's standing at the bus stop. I throw my car in park and get out and I say, hey, You can flip me off in public. That is allowed. So I fucking flip him off too. Like, uh, right. Both of them. Bing, bang, bang right there. And I'm like, you don't have to cover that. But then I say, violence will get Americans and all other cultures thrown into the slammer, mammer. Don't fucking do it. And then I get back in my car and I take off. But circling back. To my man, Mr. Mick, was it Mick, Mike, sir? Our country will never adopt Sharia laws or any other laws that are, that are not already our country's laws. That is what sets us apart from other nations. We don't conform. We set the standards, hopefully, for democracy and equality. I mean, I love America. I'm, I'm, this is my home. I'm proud of my country and all of its faults. You know, we aren't without faults. And historically, there is some shame on this country. Not just this country, other countries too. Why do we have to pretend to be perfect? But we strive to be better. 
And on that note, Mr. Mick, Mr. Mac, Mr. Mickey, from Salida, California, on top of all that, of what I've just said to you, I'd like to leave you, sir, with this five-minute clip. I know it seems long, but it's profound. It's a five-minute clip spoken by Jeff Daniels. Everyone knows who he is, dumb and dumber. He was the blonde guy, super smart. I mean, stick around, my friends, for, for our asshole segment right after this. We'll see you on the other side. Let's move on to the next question. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Jenny. I'm a sophomore, and this is for all three of you. Can you say in one sentence or less what... <laughs> um, you know what I mean. Can you say why America is the greatest country in the world? Diversity and opportunity. Lewis? Uh, freedom and freedom. So let's keep it that way. Well. The New York Jets. <laughs> no, I'm going to hold you to an answer on that. What makes America the greatest country in the world? Well, Lewis and Sharon said it. Diversity and opportunity and freedom and freedom. I'm not letting you go back to the airport without answering the question. Well, our Constitution is a masterpiece. James Madison was a genius. The Declaration of Independence is, for me, the single greatest piece of American writing. You don't look satisfied. One's a set of laws and the other's a declaration of war. I want a human moment from you. What about the people? Why is America not the greatest, greatest country in the world, Professor? That's my answer. You're saying yes. You're... Let's talk about fine. The... Sharon, the NEA is a loser. Yeah, it accounts for a penny out of our paycheck, but he gets to hit you with it anytime he wants. It doesn't cost money. It costs votes. It costs airtime and column inches. You know why people don't like liberals? Because they lose. If liberals are so fucking smart, how come they lose so goddamn always? Hey. And with a straight face, you're going to tell students that America is so star-spangled awesome that we're the only ones in the world who have freedom? Canada has freedom. Japan has freedom. The UK, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, Australia, Belgium has freedom. So 207 sovereign states in the world, like 180 of them have freedom. All right. And yeah, you, uh, sorority girl. Just in case you accidentally wander into a voting booth one day, there's some things you should know. And one of them is... There is absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're 7th in literacy, 27th in math, 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, 3rd in median household income, number 4 in labor force, and number 4 in exports. We lead the world in only three categories. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending, where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 of whom are allies. Now, none of this is the fault of a 20-year-old college student, but you nonetheless are, without a doubt, a member of the worst period, generation period ever, period. So when you ask what makes us the greatest country in the world, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yosemite? Sure used to be. We stood up for what was right. We fought for moral reasons. We passed laws, struck down laws for moral reasons. We waged wars on poverty, not poor people. We sacrificed. We cared about our neighbors. We put our money where our mouths were, and we never beat our chest. We built great big things, made ungodly technological advances, explored the universe, cured diseases, and we cultivated the world's greatest artists and the world's greatest economy. We reached for the stars, acted like men. We aspired to intelligence. We didn't belittle it. It didn't make us feel inferior. We didn't identify ourselves by who we voted for in the last election, and we didn't, we didn't scare so easy. 
We were able to be all these things and do all these things because we were informed by great men, men who were revered. First step in solving any problem is recognizing there is one. America is not the greatest country in the world anymore. Enough? Okay, that was some deep shit, right? Controversial shit. So let's uh, let's get into the asshole of the week to lighten this shit up before we, you know, roll out for the week. Catch up with you next week. But let me paint this picture for you, okay? Of my asshole, my selected asshole, dude. So I'm at work. It's Saturday night at the pizza place. We got outdoor service here in the Bay Area. You know, tables outside, whatever, six feet apart. We're still doing all that stuff. Masks in in businesses and such. That's still required. So it's Saturday night, kind of busy. Most people come in, follow the rules of engagement for a pizza. No wandering around. In, out. How you guys doing? Good to see you. See you next week, right? That kind of stuff. Can't have people walking around or, you know, roaming around. We go through this thorough cleaning process every hour. And before we can even turn a table after someone sits at it, before anybody can even look at it, we got to go through this whole cleaning process of the chairs, the ta- everything, right? No ifs, no ands, no buts about it. And the owners are super cognizant and compliant with this. They don't want to catch this shit. They don't want to spread this shit. Law and order. So this guy, this guy, David, he eats outside with his friends. He buys a Pliny the Elder, which is a specialty beer. You can't just, you can't just get him at like a 7-Eleven or a fucking Joe's Liquor. No. That is the charm of this mom and pop pizza place. They work with... Um, local breweries, Revision Brewing, uh, it's out of Sparks, Nevada, Almanac, I think they're out of Alameda, I'm not sure. But there's, you know, they've got really good beers on tap. My man Jesse at work, he's like a beer sommelier. He knows, he's like, oh, the wheat contains blah, 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 blah. It's brewed in a fucking double barrel shotgun, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't fucking know. But he's just super knowledgeable about, you know, what the beers, how to describe them. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's impressive when he gets on his, you know, explanation of a beer. Anyways, our asshole David is obviously at least 21 years old, right? Because he could purchase a beer. A grown ass man. He's got a man bun that he can't pull off because he's a crybaby little bitch. He ain't my man, Mark. Mark rocks that shit. Hashtag gorgeous. So anyways, we hang on. David's bought a Pliny, and he's going to pick it up after he's finished outside, right? We do you a fucking favor. We keep it cold. So in the middle of the dinner rush, when David's just, you know, he's ready to go. And in the middle of a pandemic, David, who, like I said, is now ready to leave, walks past all the people who are in the organized COVID preventative maintenance line waiting to pick up their pizzas. This fucking asshole walks right past everyone and comes up to me at the bar and says, can I get my beer? And I'll have you guys know when the owners or family members come in and order their pizzas, they make phone orders or they wait in line like the rest of the Bay Area people waiting to get their pizzas. They respect their own processes in place. So the owner, the fucking owner, my boss, she says to David Bunn and the rest of the folks, okay, y'all, if, uh, if you could, you know, wait on this end right here, we have a a spot for you here and then, you know, stay six feet apart and we'll get to you politely because she's very nice. David Manbun, he don't want to wait in line. His mother told him he was special and could jump lines and disrespect people when he doesn't get his way. So David Bunn throws an adult tantrum right there in the bar. I let him stand there and seethe. I don't give a fuck. Because I don't, I don't put up 
with adults acting like babies, nor should anybody else. They should be ignored. So I put him on a timeout, young David Bunn. And finally, after all the respectable customers got served, I said to Mr. Bunn, okay, my man, come on down. What can I get you? My beer, he says. Sure thing. I give it to him and I make a comment like, like, hey, how's it going? And then he's like, oh, so you're going to talk shit now. And I look at him. I'm like, well, that's what I do. His eyes are all big. The little motherfucker is lucky. It wasn't one of the other owners and not the female owner he had to deal with. 20 years ago, he may have gotten a telephone receiver to the side of his fucking dome. Boom, bitch. So he gets his beer and he prances out the door. I say, adios. He gets to the door and he walks out like, oh, adios, huh? And he makes this big, you know, Gen Z exit like... Just all like soap opery, all dramatic and shit. Yeah, that was Knott's Landing for all the Gen X and baby boomers in the crowd. Paula. Anyways, David Buns. The motherfucker calls me back like two seconds after he leaves. And he's like, is this the bitch that said adios? I say, yeah, this is the bitch. What can I do for you, young lady? He goes on about how, you know, I'm racist and all this shit. I go like, I'm like this. Like, that's how you fucking sound, dude. And I hung up on him. I'm so, I'm so fucking tired of people using, you're a racist for everything. Every little goddamn thing. It's cheapening it. We do have racism in this country. Yes, that is a fact. Pero David, senora, you habla espanol, pinche pendejo cabrón. Would a racist know the language of the minority person they are accused of being racist towards? You were just mad because you didn't get your way, little man, and you were looking for a fight. I ain't the one. Someone needs to teach you patience and respect because you can't complain to the manager here, kid. You deal directly with the owners. This ain't the Cheesecake Factory. People aren't going to eat your shit because you throw a tantrum. No fucking way. They will kick you out and on your ass if you don't respect their establishment and their workforce. Who the fuck do you think you are? These guys are 30 years respected in that community. And like Tony Soprano always says, those who want respect, give respect. David Buns. You're a fucking punk, and you're a fucking asshole. Get the fuck out of here. All right, guys, I'm out of here. I got to go. I'll keep you posted on all things important, okay? On the KQED thing. I don't know. I just don't know. Boom, boom. And do me a favor, guys. Don't come at me anymore with Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head shit. Anymore, man. I can't take it. Our country has bigger fish to fry than organizations like Hasbro and Dr. Seuss Enterprises making the decisions themselves to make changes to their own organization and products. That wasn't capsule culture organized by the left. It was an organizational move by their board members. Get the fuck off of our asses, man. All right, guys, thanks again for spending your Wednesday morning with us here at The Grind. I'll see you next week. Be safe. I'll keep you posted on how I'm feeling after that first vaccine tomorrow. And I'll see you next week, guys. As always, 
I got your back. Peace. Bye.